Hey guys, this is Keeping Tabs with CULNC, Cambridge Uni Netball's very own little podcast. I'm Rosie, I play a bit of netball and I'll be chatting to members of CULNC and maybe some special guests, you never know. Um, So please stay tuned and if you enjoy, you can subscribe to the podcast and also follow our Instagram at Cambridge Uni Netball for updates. episode I caught up with Claire who had intended to run the Manchester Marathon this year for charity. Despite the onset of lockdown Claire completed the challenge on the streets around her house. Claire also recently graduated as a medic so I asked her how it has been going straight into work as a doctor and we reflect upon her favourite memories from her time at CULNC. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm very well. Just, um, just it like office set of night shifts. So pretty knackered, but all good. We are all good. Yeah. How has it been? Because you've just um, started as a doctor, right? Like a few weeks ago. Yeah. So I actually started in um, May um, in Addenbrookes in Cambridge. Um, they put us in these like interim roles so between um uni and actually being a doctor they put you in a role um so I worked there for like nearly three months um and that was really good and then I've now moved up north and in Sheffield and started at the Northern General which is like a huge hospital um but a lot of fun yeah it's good I'm missing netball lots um but it'll come back so are you planning to play netball yeah, my hope would be to play netball. Currently, I'm just like doing hit workouts, which is like less fun. I don't know, it's like all individual sport is just so rubbish compared to having like six teammates. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully when it comes back, um, I've like emailed a couple of clubs. So I really hope that I get somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, because you must have been with CULNC for a long time, right? Well, I didn't. I only actually trialed in my fifth year. Oh, really? So I didn't actually play before that. Um, I don't know why, I just kind of never really got around to it. I guess because we have college netball as well and my college team was quite good at the time. I was just like, there's no kind of reason. And then I think I saw Amy Curran, the Swallows captain in my first year doing uni netball. And I was like, oh, like I should, and she was like, just try it. And so I was like, great. So then I only actually played for two years, but yeah, it's good fun. It was a good two years. (laughs) Yeah, it was actually, absolutely absolutely loved it I think I'm missing it all the more now like when you don't have something you realize the classic you don't know what it's got until it's gone isn't it yeah I guess it's like that for a lot of people like leaving Cambridge so suddenly as well yeah I think like I think it's actually like for me I didn't find it that bad because I think I had this job in Cambridge as well for a few months and it kind of said goodbye to people and obviously studying there for six years people left after three years so like most of my closest friends I was used to kind of not seeing us regularly anyway um, but I think for the people who are like in third year this year it's been like horrific because like it's just really hard like you were building something that then kind of yeah does happen but kind of doesn't like receiving your degree on a pdf I was like great yeah it's just a different kind of feeling isn't it and I think lots of people felt that like I think even in the medics lots and I think I felt that to some extent like you kind of don't finish what you've trained for for six years but um it afforded different opportunities right like I got to work for an extra three months and that has its pros and so yeah yeah. was that quite quite like a shock 
like how how much was the contrast between what you were doing before you left Cambridge as like a graduate and then going into work it was a shock um but I think like more for the fact that like it's just like learning the system more than learning like the medicine so it's like learning doing the job is actually quite different to studying medicine and I think you you get to know that a bit over the kind of clinical years when you're on placement in hospital but um, when you start work it's just like starting any job you know you get to know a whole new set of people and I was so lucky with my team and now my team are amazing and like they do say it's like 90% who you work with and 10% the work so yeah I love both te- like I love both teams that I work with um but it was quite a shock because you just you just thrown into something you don't you know and obviously in the middle of COVID as well you didn't know what to expect in the hospital it was all still a bit kind of scary and yeah but I think things have settled and it's different again doing night shifts but I'm learning loads it's just a huge learning curve but yeah it's brilliant it's a great job so I feel very fortunate to be doing it yeah and has that been different because of COVID so there isn't loads of COVID patients on our ward um yeah so it's kind of the whole hospital is different because of COVID um but I think things are kind of transitioning a bit back to kind of their normal um patterns um and yeah like obviously we're still wearing the PPE and and kind of taking precautions and social distancing and kind of doing all those things at the hospital um but I think visiting has just been allowed maybe um for like an hour a day I think um but they I think they're trying to get things kind of back to normal-ish but I guess nobody it's all like, like nobody really knows what will happen next so yeah it's kind of just a wait and see one really yeah well that is not the only thing that COVID has impacted <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the podcast topic can you tell us a little bit about your marathon yeah so um gosh it feels so long ago now but um so back in April I was due to run the Manchester Marathon and I'd been like training throughout kind of probably since January, sort of through the end of the netball season, just kind of getting out on longer runs, trying to kind of get my kind of long distance running fitness up. And then um, obviously kind of COVID hit and the Manchester Marathon understandably were like, do you know what, we're going to postpone the event and then postpone it to October. And actually now they've cancelled it and they're going to do it next April. So maybe I'll end up running it next April as well. Who knows? But um, yeah so then obviously lockdown here and everything kind of changed but I trained quite extensively for it and obviously I knew that I was starting as a doctor and I thought am I going to be able to run it in October I don't know I don't know what my life will look like at that point so I basically planned a route around where I live at home um, and just ran 26 miles so yeah (laughs) that was that's kind of the summary of it it sounds quite bold to be like I ran a marathon during like lockdown but we were I like checked and we were able to go out and exercise and this wasn't at the time where you could only exercise for a certain time period you could exercise for you know the right amount of time that I was able to go and run sort of for like three to four hours and like my village is just in the middle of fields so I think I literally saw two people the whole of my run and my neighbors who stood at the end of their drive to clap obviously at a safe distance I think I saw like one dog walker maybe and one cyclist but yeah everybody jumped out of the way anyway because that was when people you know took took everything seriously in the right way so yeah yeah it must have been such a different environment the contrast between like a massive event like the Manchester Marathon and like running around your streets (laughs) yeah I mean it was a bit weird because it's quite lonely 
I think the good thing with any running event is that you get there and you get fueled by the atmosphere. You get fueled by kind of everybody around and kind of my neighbors live on this bend and it was about 17 miles. And they literally stood, one of them stood like on the hedge to like clap. And I actually think if they weren't there, I'm not sure I would have like made it round because I was just so like mentally by 17, 18 miles, you're quite done anyway. Your legs are kind of a bit done in. And also I was like, you just don't have the people pushing you along. Like when you're at an event, you can kind of say, oh, that lady in the pink, she looks a similar pace. Like we're going to run together or, oh, I'm going to take that lady in the blue. Or like you kind of, and then there's loads of stuff going on on the side of the road. Like at the Cambridge half, there was like music and samba bands and all this different stuff. So then literally when I, you know, I'm talking about running like four hours and seeing two people, even seeing two people, like it, it was just bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I like had to like obviously like plant water and things around the course and plant snacks um, so that I could like fuel up as I was going around. But there's a few things. I guess it took a lot more kind of prior preparation mm-hmm. because you had to know when you'd kind of anticipate water stops and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it was a bit more lonely. So mentally, I think it probably was harder than it could have been. But then like also thirdly, where I live is so hilly. Like Manchester is just flat as a pancake. And honestly, where I live is like up and down hills. So there was like a hill at 22 miles, like pretty much like vertical. And I was just like, why did I do this to myself? Because I plotted my route myself. Um, So yeah, it was quite different in those kind of ways. But yeah. Did you ever consider like not doing it once it was sort of cancelled? Yeah, I think I really did. Like, I think I was like, this isn't good or isn't safe. I think I was raising money for a charity and I'd already raised like £750. And um, I just kind of thought like, actually... I could still do this distance on my own. Mm -hmm. So why don't I do it if it's not against the regulations? And then I think I felt kind of better about the fact that people had donated to the cause Mm -hmm. because kind of I'd earn all this like sponsorship and I was like, I need to follow through on this, particularly not knowing when Manchester Marathon would actually happen. Had you um, done a marathon before or anything like this? Yeah, so I, um, when I was in third year, my dad is like a bit classic. He like put me up to a challenge. Uh, in my 21st year it was like oh you're 21 like just why don't you just like try running a marathon and I did an intercalation in third year so like had loads more time on my hands it's very different to normal medicine so I ran one then um that was in Paris obviously much cooler than like just lots of fields in in like rural England but um I hadn't really ran after that I found it quite hard to get back into like long distance running after doing, I think I just found that too hard. It was like 25 degrees and it was just like quite grim. So I think after that, I found it hard to get back into long distance running. But then in fifth and sixth year, just, yeah, got back into longer distances and then ran a few halves and just was like, yeah, I really enjoy this. And so just kept kept going. And then was like, yeah, I'll do another one and raise money for this charity that I'd worked at in the summer before sixth year. So like it was all kind of linked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the charity? Yeah, so um, the charity kind of head is called Emmanuel International UK. um, And they're an NGO that supports kind of churches and Christian organisations to help serve kind of the poor and needy in the world. And so kind of the backstory to this is when I was in first year, after first year, I went to Malawi with one of my good friends from school and worked with Emmanuel International. And we did kind of like Bible school and kind of taught actually did a bit of netball coaching and took over a few netball posts and ran a lot of camps for about six weeks. And then um, had kind of always been in the back of my mind about kind of this charity. And then um, 
I've been thinking a lot about kind of when I went to my on my elective, my medical elective in fifth year, I wanted to go to somewhere that like basically I wanted to go and revisit the charity again. Um, so I went to Uganda and worked with the charity in the north of Uganda. And it's a project called um, the Akoli Girls Fairer Future Project. It's a bit of a mouthful. Mm -hmm. But basically, the summary of it is that they make and distribute reusable sanitary wear in Uganda for young women. And so I went for a week when I was on my elective and spent time with Millie, who's the lady who kind of thought it all up. And it's just an incredible project, just generally, because um, I guess it was like something that is sustainable in terms of kind of the reusable sanitary wear is made within Uganda or with materials from within Uganda. So none of it's like outside sources coming in and bringing their resources. Everything was sourced there and made there at like a very minimal cost as well. So um, in terms of kind of cost per girl, it was about kind of two, two pounds 25 um, between there and two pound 50, depending on kind of the transportation from the main capital of the materials per girl to provide them with sort of four pairs of underwear for um, reusable sanitary wear, some like basic sanitary provisions for the school. And that's kind of all within like £2.50 per girl. And they last about two years. But I guess kind of, I was just quite overwhelmed by this project. Um, and it had like a real impact on the girls when I was there. And I was just like, this is empowering women in a totally new and different way. So it was just quite incredible, really. And keeping girls in education. Being at Cambridge and being in the uni netball scene, yeah. it's just like a bunch of like really fortunate, educated people. Mm. And I was just like, only via like the education system have we got to there. So I think I was just overwhelmed really by this project in that way. Do you think you'll do any more like work with them or any more sort of challenges? Yeah, so I think I'd really like to go and work with them. Um, I don't know what that looks like at the moment. So you have to study for at least a year as a doctor to kind of get your full training. But I'll definitely do two years in, in Sheffield and then um, maybe take a year out after and just kind of, I'd love to go back and sort of work with them or maybe think about kind of getting the project out to, to other places. I don't know, it's all kind of pipeline. It's all kind of stuff that in my mind, I'm like, this would be amazing to do. But the reality obviously of travel now and kind of all the restrictions is really different. So we don't know what the world will look like yeah. in two years time. But yeah, I, I absolutely love the project. I think it's amazing. And I think I love the heart of the people behind it as well. Like they just wanted girls to know that they were so precious and that they're like just so important and significant. And that's often something that's not spoken, like not spoken over them. So it's just amazing to, to be a part of a project that was empowering people to believe that they, they are incredible, really. Yeah. How much did you um, eventually raise? And also, if anyone wanted to donate, could they? <laughs> <laughs> so I raised um, £1,396. My aim was to raise 750 but I got to 1396 which is only £4 off 1400 <laughs> I was like, it could have been a nice round number. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, people can donate. I think the link is still up there, um, and I can send it to you to put on the Instagram. Um, but if you search Emmanuel International UK and then you just search in the, if you go on their website and then you just search Claire, it will come up with my name. It will come up in the news as I run a marathon. But yeah, I was overwhelmed by kind of the, the response of like just amazing response really because I didn't realise how many people found out about it. And I think people had sent links to other people and 
to raise 1400 pounds was not what I was expecting at all so it was really amazing the support I would say everyone donate we need to get Claire to her 1400 but I think if we all donate a maximum of four pounds that's (laughs) (laughs) so other than marathons or maybe more marathons do you want to do any more sort of challenges like that I mean I'm a bit yeah I've always toyed with the idea of doing like an Ironman or something but I feel like you can't say it out loud because then you have to do it I think at the moment starting this new job and starting a new city and probably have enough on my plate um I mean you've said it on a podcast now so <laughs> yeah probably so probably in like years to come I'll be like do you remember that podcast I did and it'll be there um but I'm also like somebody who's a bit like once I've got my teeth into something I'll just go I'll just run at it so probably if my dad puts me up to a challenge again then probably I'd be like yeah why not and I'll just bite on it and and go for it but yeah nothing too much I I've toyed with the idea as well of doing like triathlon or something but I think I'd be awful at swimming um so well, we'll just have to see. I'm still trying to run up the hills in Sheffield, which is, you know, a lot harder than running on the flat in Cambridge. So, yeah, it has its new challenges running in a new city anyway. Yeah. Maybe swimming is the challenge part of the triathlon. Yeah, I mean, I'm barely out of armbands. That's kind of how bad my swimming is. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously you did the Iron... Uh, not the Ironman, not yet. Um, the marathon before. Um, and I'm assuming you were quite into running. but what was the training like like for this? So I think like this time the training was less extensive than the last time. Probably because most of it, well not most of it, but a lot of it's mental. I think like this time I was training with my housemate. She was doing her first half marathon in Cambridge. So I trained with her through a lot of that. And I think I had like a really different mentality this time. I think because I knew that I could get around the distance. Well, I'm talking three years later. So I was like, you have to be confident in that. But I'd done it once. And so I was like, the fear of not finishing wasn't there in quite the same way. Mm-hmm. But mentally, I just was like, I've got nothing to lose. I think that was kind of like, I really wanted to enjoy this one. Yeah. Um, whereas the last one, I mean, it was like 25 degrees on the day and I've got heat stroke and it was just not actually that nice after. And like my mum basically said to my dad, like, there's not a chance you're ever challenging Claire to anything again. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Yeah, and here we are. Exactly. I did this one kind of all under wraps. And then, um, yeah, and then, and then she found out. But um, she was fine with it. She was fine. So, yeah, I think um, I, enjoy, I enjoyed this one um, more. So I think the training was kind of different. I also think like I was playing a lot. I'm playing a lot more netball this year. So like my sprint fitness and stuff was higher. And we do our regular fitness sessions. Like actually, I think my basal level of fitness was probably better. So I didn't find the training as hard. And to be honest, I probably started too late in January. Like that's only four months to get to marathon length. Um, in hindsight, I probably could have run a few more longer runs, but I think actually playing netball at the same time was like good fitness and probably made me come in with like a much quicker time this time because it's like, that's what they always say, isn't it? About the way to get faster is to do intervals yeah. for long distance. So netball's a bit like intervals. <laughs> you just have to catch the ball as well, don't you? So yeah um how did you plan your training but did you get any advice on it or yeah so I um I just like signed up to this like kind of marathon online like free kind of he sends you like a Monday mailer quite good it just mainly just signed up to that for some tips and advice about kind of tapering and like length of runs that you should do and kind of max what to max out at and I found a really good like route plan on his website which I think was 20 weeks. And then I think I just realized I started late. So I did 16 weeks. Um, And generally it would be like short, short, long or like short, medium, long. So 
short would be like the comfortable distance that I could run was like you know five to seven miles like Mm -hmm. which is like what a 10k like regularly the mid ones might be like 10 12 13 miles 15 miles and then obviously like the longer ones were like kind of 17 miles 21 miles but the maximum I ran before the day was like 22 I think 22 or 23 miles um mainly just so mentally you know that you only have to run a 5k after that but like it was it was generally like that and I only trained three times a week for it because also because I was like playing netball as well sometimes if I had a big game there was not a chance I was going to like run 10 miles on the Monday before playing on the Wednesday so it took a bit of like kind of adjusting around but I got enough miles in I think overall um but just like Sundays were like the long run days and I just managed to whack out like 30 miles 15 miles on the reg and then after training but generally just like three times a week I did that must have been a big Sunday up at what eight two hours netball <laughs> right yeah I mean Sundays Sundays have always been like busy anyway because of church so I'd always end up it would be like I'd get up go to training eight till ten mm-hmm. then go to church at ten thirty get home at like twelve have something to eat do a long run and then that'd be the end of Sunday Ooh. So I like love Sundays as well for that. So it never really bothered me. I was just like, I love it. It was also really good because you're like pumped up by the time you get away from netball. You've seen your friends and you're like, okay, I can now run. Yeah. Like what about diet? Did you change that at all? Yeah, I think the only thing I did find is I had to increase protein intake a bit. But I'm not very good with kind of changing my diet significantly. I, I wouldn't say I was like on a nutrition marathon plan or anything, particularly just the lifestyle I had because I was on placement in different places every like lots of weeks. I couldn't really manage my diet in quite the same way as I would probably do it if I was in one place all the time because like you're moving around so much or you get like fed by people who you stay with or whatever, which is great. So you're not going to turn down that food. Um, but I think generally like it was just more the, the post run snacks that like I really got to like, I mean, I have like an unhealthy obsession now with peanut butter <laughs> and like just kind of knowing when to like, load before and how to kind of load after but generally I didn't really change my diet that much I don't know with netball as well like you're kind of quite used to that like pre-game post-game you know what to eat you know yourself you know how hungry you get you know how ill you feel so yeah and then I guess when I was running longer distances I would take out snacks with me it's hard to know what to have some people say like a jam sandwich some people it just depends what you can tolerate really and what you can like what your stomach can tolerate as well when you're running that far so I used to take like Nature Valley kind of gooey yeah. bars and that kind of thing, like but the high protein ones that then I would just have around um, and like some jelly babies for like the short sprint and like roguely like Eccles cake, which is quite a niche thing. But like my mum just bought it one time for me and it was like high energy and raisin, probably not the healthiest thing to eat while you're running a marathon, but it seemed to get me round. So yeah, probably not the best example of diet, <laughs> diet change. <laughs> Even as a doctor, (laughs) yeah. Um, What about when you finished? What was the first thing you ate? First thing I ate was a chocolate medal, Um, (laughs) which is so bad. But um, obviously, because like you're running this marathon, part of running marathon, like you want the t-shirt, you want the medal, you want the like the like number and everything. So then, like my dad had just got like this medal from this chocolate medal from like Tesco's, and so. I had that delicious, you know, cheap chocolate taste um, when I finished. I was like the first thing I ate. Um, other than COVID, were there any like challenges or set? I mean, I guess you've, you've done it before. You're a bit of a pro, but was there anything, you know, you had to overcome? Yeah, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really say I was a pro <laughs> having done it before. 
I think like a big challenge was just like niggles. Like it's quite, it's quite different running to playing netball in that, in like the way you stride in just in my experience. So like even just like kind of adjusting from that, like kind of the sharp turns on court to then like the flat, it's just a different rhythm when you're on, when you're running on the flat, kind of doing a long distance run. So I think one of the hardest things was kind of preventing injury and like particularly with ankles I'm like quite prone to rolling my ankles anyway at like just when I'm out on a run so I was like so worried in the lead up to varsity I was like I'm either gonna roll my ankle while I'm out on a run or I'm gonna play varsity and roll my ankle and not be able to run it was like the catch-22 um in the end thank god that my legs and my like ankles were fine but I think that was that was probably the biggest like worry slash challenge slash kind of setback there was like definitely a couple of weeks where I just, I rolled over and I just had to like take a bit of a break and just giving myself enough grace to be like, it's fine to not run for two weeks and just like go light and go steady. Yeah. And I think the challenge of actually the challenge of like fitting it all into my schedule, like was actually a bit mental. Like now I'm looking at it. I was like, I don't really know how I did it, but it's a big time commitment as well. Like it's not just going out for a run. It's the time before the time after yeah everything that comes with it is quite a lot and then um obviously like playing netball and that was my priority really like varsity was my priority not not the marathon so much it was kind of like once varsity is over I'll spend a month concentrating on the marathon so yeah I think time wise as well it was a big commitment yeah definitely yeah it must have been quite um mentally tough if you were that busy to sort of take yourself out on like a long run yeah it's interesting it depends how you see running for me I like just love that mental space where like I just don't think about anything apart from putting one foot in front of the other. And also like, it was just so great with my housemate. It was just like really good quality time with her when we go out on a run. So I think those combined, like I actually enjoy running. Mm-hmm. So I think I didn't find it meant get, getting out the door was hard, but when you're out, it's fine. And like, yeah, when you've got your housemate being like, when are you going? When are you going? Then it's like, obviously a lot easier to get out of the house as well. Cause you've got her like on your back kind of doing that. Um, I think that's what I would say though. It's like, if you don't enjoy it, find a different exercise. Cause I've had so many people off the back of this be like, oh, but like running, like I should really get into running or like lots of friends over lockdown, like tr- like wanting or trying to do to catch the 5k and just being like, I just don't enjoy it. And I just think like, what is the point if you don't enjoy it? Yeah. Go and find a sport that you do enjoy or do a hit workout. Or like I have one friend who like cycles everywhere cause she just loves cycling, but she hates going out on a run. So I'm like, just find something you enjoy. Like, I'm just lucky that I enjoy running. Um, yeah. Yeah. What would you say was your highlight of playing for CULNC? Ah, that is a great question. Um, I would say my first year of varsity match um, is just such, it was just such, such a joyous occasion. I mean, we won. That's a big plus. Um, but like, it was just being part of that. I'd never been part of that kind of, atmosphere and then being part of something where you're like this means something like kind of the vasty hype and just like it was at home and we all had breakfast at Amy's house like and Amy's one of my really good friends still and like Lauren as well from that year and Katie like we're all just still really good friends and just that first year of playing for CULNC was just so incredible and like yeah I mean it just all kind of accumulate accumulated you know what I mean like culminated, culminated <laughs> culminated in um in that varsity day which was just such a good day and then the dinner and just everything that came with it it was just just like such a day such a great day magical 
yeah and just like being on court and the adrenaline and oh oh it's just so good to go back now I would go back in a heartbeat you have to come back and watch some games yeah I will I definitely will but I'll get so like restless even just seeing Tam coaching I'll be like Tam I miss you so much Um, yeah 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 great memories well thank you for joining me no thank you for having me great conversation (laughs) yeah um and I hope everything goes well with the doctoring (laughs) thanks so much yeah me too and I'm sure I'll be back for varsity or whatever happens next year yeah great to see you yeah and you (laughs) bye see you bye (laughs)